are tuned in to the Creative Dive Podcast, and I'm your host, Renee Leanne. Join us as we dive into the creative lives of artists, musicians, and people working in the arts to find the hidden gems in their stories and experiences. So today on the podcast, we have Renee Nault. So Renee is an artist and an illustrator. She's done some really amazing things so far in her art career that I'm really excited to talk to her about. So thanks so much for being here today, Renee. Thank you for having me. First of all, I just kind of wanted to get started by asking you about your background a little bit. So when did you know that you wanted to be an artist and what did that process kind of look like when you were younger? So I guess I always knew I wanted to be an artist because that's always what I said when adults would ask, what do you want to be? And um, I guess the, my favorite thing was we would get these really huge rolls of paper and like paper a whole wall with them so that I could draw like over the entire length of the wall. Wow. Yeah, really fun. Probably very good for my creative development. Yeah, because most kids just, you know, draw right onto the wall behind their parents' back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, my dad was getting these through work or something. So that was really awesome. Cool. So what kind of, do you remember what kind of things that you were drawing then? Uh, a lot of like animals. I was really into like strange animals drawing like uh, sea creatures and like imaginary creatures. So I guess some of that is similar to what you've done more recently, Yeah. Um, but maybe not totally. But most of the work that you do is illustration work. So how did you get into doing this type of art? So I actually went to college for illustration. I went to Sheridan in Oakville, Ontario. And I took a three-year illustration program, um, which was sort of like a fallback because I was declined for the animation program that I wanted to take, but um, it it worked out really well. And I uh, just started like doing small jobs out of school and eventually got an illustration agent. And that was it. What did that process look like getting an illustration agent? Because I mean, it just seems like something that might be, you know, for most people, if they're thinking of getting an agent, it's like, where do you even start when you're trying to find somebody like that? So there's like a lot of lists you can look up online. And the main thing is to like, just look at who's representing the people that you want to have their job. (laughs) (laughs) So if there's like an illustrator or something you really admire, or they're getting the kind of gigs that you want to get, you would check out who their agent is and then approach them and see if they'd be interested in representing you. Hmm. But it is a little bit uh, competitive. Like there's a lot of illustrators looking for representation and you're probably going to get declined by several people before you find the right one. Right. So did it take you quite a while? It it took a while. There was a few people who turned me down and there's also a lot of uh, sort of like predatory agents who Hmm will like take anyone but they're not going to find you any good work they want to just like keep um getting money from you for promotion and stuff so yeah it sounds like it might be a little bit difficult to navigate it at first but I guess when you 
maybe look at the other artists that you know, like you said, are getting uh, work that's quality work, then you would kind of navigate towards those types exactly. of uh, agents. That's and it's probably a lot easier now because I was doing this, you know, like over a decade ago and, you know, the internet has gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more like free information out there. So how would you describe the style of artwork that you do? So I guess it's kind of just a, a big mix of all the things that I like. Um, there's definitely a lot of Art Nouveau influence and a lot of influence from like Asian art particularly printmaking. And then there's uh, a lot of things like antique textiles and like classical children's illustration. And it's all just kind of blended into like whatever uh, mix it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can definitely see all of those influences in your work and in like different ways too, with like different illustrations that you've done. So that's yeah, I never really consciously tried to develop a style it just sort of like became what it is mm -hmm. and I I don't know I think that's a nice organic way to do things mm -hmm. and you really do have a distinctive style so it really yeah I think having that sort of organic evolution has really produced a very definitive style that's unique to you so your recent project illustrating the graphic novel of The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood has been receiving a lot of praise, including award nominations, and it's been translated into multiple languages internationally. What was working on that project like, and what was it like working with Margaret Atwood? The burning question I'm sure you've been asked. <laughs> uh, well, to start with, working with Margaret was amazing. She is just so supportive and she was, very trusting of me like to uh to adapt the book she wasn't micromanaging she would basically just look over what I had done and usually just say like it's good great uh, occasionally she would have some notes but she never tried to like uh control what was happening she she was really more interested in seeing how someone else would interpret the work so like she was an ideal collaborator I couldn't ask for better mm. and like much better than I I had imagined when I signed on to the project that she would be like much more controlling because mm -hmm. that's what I would do if it was my book <laughs> but right. no she's uh she's really supportive of younger artists and she's awesome I wonder if part of that is that because she's such a creative person that she really respects the creative process in other people. I'm assuming that that might be part of it. I assume so, yeah. And and she's like seen her work adapted into so many different mediums that she's probably not really like anxious about it anymore. Right, and you created the graphic novel, The Handmaid's Tale. Um, was it just kind of after the TV series had come out or it was sort of, it had already taken off? So the TV show actually started filming almost at the same time as I started making the book. Hmm. So they actually like finished a whole season of TV much more quickly than I could finish one book. <laughs> so um, yes, I guess, I guess Margaret would have been 
sort of overseeing the filming or the script making process of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think she was very actively involved in it. She was sort of like a consultant. Yeah. I mean, that would take probably a lot of time that maybe she would want to spend. Like she's still actively writing, right? Oh yeah. She's so prolific. It's, mm-hmm. it makes me ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing what she's created in her lifetime and continues to create. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about what um, working on that project was like for you and kind of getting into that headspace and that world? It's, it's a pretty dark story, although it's such an interesting story and you've illustrated it in such a beautiful way. I mean, there's, there's definitely like mood changes within the the story that you've illustrated like it's really dynamic where there's you know really lighter and beautiful scenes and then there's kind of like darker sort of more eerie imagery but what was it like kind of getting into that that story and that headspace to do that uh it was pretty challenging because it is it's a very dark book and I you know I think about those issues a lot like women's women's rights and reproductive rights and at the time I was working on it, of course, it was uh, the American election was going on leading up to Trump getting elected. So it was uh, it was a very intense uh, emotional time. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, there, it definitely was uh, hard to stay in that world and in that headspace all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long did it take you to work on it like or to complete the the illustrations for the book it was several years um there was sort of a lot of breaks in the middle because uh since so many people were overseeing the process uh there would be times where I would hand in a bunch of sketches and then it would be a long time before they were approved for me to take them to the final art level so it's kind of hard to say how long it took when you factor in all those gaps but definitely several years. Wow. And since then, I mean, a lot has happened since then as well. So it was published and released in 2019. Is that correct? I think it was 2019. So it's been a little bit, but since then, there's been a lot that's happened with award nominations. And like I was mentioning, translations, you also had an exhibition of the artwork from the book in Japan. And that mm-hmm. happened in that happened last year in 2020, right? It was, uh, yeah, it opened in December and then just closed this January. So, and so I guess that's something that you probably would have attended, maybe if travel was possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was a real bummer. <laughs> I bet. Um, but I did see there's photos, I believe, on your website of that exhibition in Japan and it looked like amazing. So yeah, it was beautiful what they did with it. Yeah, congratulations on that. Um, I mean, of course it's disappointing not to be able to go, but yeah, but that is an amazing thing to be able to do still. So yeah, it was really cool that that happened. My work is really well received in Japan and like it's, uh, I think they can see that I'm influenced by a lot of their artwork and that there's like a mutual admiration. <laughs> That's awesome. So you've also done other illustration work over the years for magazines and newspapers, including the LA Times. 
doing um, illustration work for them. So what was the process like for getting that work? How did that come about? And is that kind of work ongoing for you? So I don't really do it anymore, um, just because I'm, I'm doing comics almost full time now. And uh, I guess that was a, a gig that I got through my agent originally. It was always like, they would call me up for a specific article, usually pretty close to deadline because of course newspaper deadlines are really fast turnaround so I would usually only have like a day or two to finish the illustration and uh yeah Yeah. it was a really really fun gig because I got to do a lot of like lifestyle and uh book review and just like the fun stuff Mm -hmm. yeah there's some really interesting um illustrations that you did for that um yeah with the book reviews and Uh, just different things that you did. So what advice would you give to other artists who are starting out and who are interested in getting into illustration work? And maybe like what kind of steps would you um, say that people might want to take when they're starting out? Yeah, any advice? Yeah, so in terms of steps, I would say step one is to find a consistent style this is like one field where breadth and and diversity of style is not really an advantage because clients want to know what they're getting from you. You, you need to have like almost a brand. Mm-hmm. So I would say like decide the kind of work you want to get and, and push your style towards that kind of work, whether it's for like the children's market or for, you know, sophisticated magazines, um, develop uh, a strong portfolio based on that style and then you have to start showing it to people and that's pretty hard because you're going to get a lot of rejection like illustration is a very competitive field and you're just not gonna make it right away it takes years to build up a a client base to the point where you could be doing it full-time but um it's kind of easy to break into but not easy to make a full-time living it Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's the sort of thing where, you know, you can get like bits and pieces of work and kind of like hustle a lot in the beginning to kind of get those bits and pieces of work, but to really kind of get, you know, the bigger jobs, or at least have like consistent jobs coming in just takes a lot longer to establish. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like back in the day, like before my time, illustration was a a very lucrative career like it was prestigious and you would get a lot of money for doing like a you know cover for the New Yorker or something and nowadays it's not very well paid it's not very well respected but you can sort of like tie it in really easily with other forms of work like you can show your illustrations in galleries you can sell your originals you can get sort of like illustration adjacent work, like concept art for um, films and video games and stuff. Hmm. So it's it's not like back in the day where you could just plant yourself and be like, I'm an illustrator and start giving me money. You do have to like kind of hustle and diversify a lot more now. Hmm. Interesting. So what are you working on currently? And you said you were working on some uh like more comics is what you're focused on now can you talk a little bit about what you're working on and what people can expect to see from you next 
Well, I can't really describe what I'm specifically working on, but um, so I have a literary agent now and we're putting together a pitch uh, of my own stories basically. So I'm going to be hopefully doing some full length graphic novels that I've written and illustrated. Wow. Um, and I'm also doing a pitch with um, Darcy Van Polgeest who did the comic Little Bird. Uh, we're working on a pitch as well. So there's a lot of things that are like in the pitch stage, but nothing that I can really talk about definitely. Right, fair enough. And so I guess my other uh, question is, just in terms of the pandemic right now, is that affecting any of this type of work? Like, are you noticing it slowing things down or um, like changing like your industry at all? Or is it kind of one of those things where it's not that affected, but it's obviously still, you're still experiencing it personally? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, like everything that was in person, like conventions, literary festivals is all gone so that was a a lot of my income so that really sucks and in terms of publishing I don't know like some people say that publishers are a little bit more hesitant to you know take chances or anything because the market is so uncertain but other people say it hasn't been affected at all so it's, it's kind of hard to say when you're in the middle of it, maybe in hindsight, it'll be more clear. And so what about on a personal level? Have you felt that there's been an impact how you feel creatively with what's happening? You find it kind of coming out in subtle ways, like, you know, your, your sketches get a little bit darker and your if you just sit down to do an illustration, you'll kind of find it's like, oh, this is... A little bit bleak like it's the kind of thing that you only notice when you're done and you're like oh I wonder if I was sad when I did this <laughs> yeah and just like we were chatting a little bit before we started the recording about just maybe having less inspiration and uh like stimulation yeah fully because I get a lot of inspiration from travel and like seeing art in different countries and seeing architecture and just it's yeah it feels like there's no actual input going in I'm just kind of like running on fumes or like fuel that I stored away previously but eventually that runs out yeah um so you've been creating some process videos can you just tell us a little bit about that. And if people want to check them out, how they can find them. Yeah. Um, so I just started filming them for fun, um, showing kind of a sped up process of doing illustrations. And you can find them on YouTube. I'll get it from you and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've been really fun. It's, uh, I don't know, I find that kind of thing really fun to watch when other people do it. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to do that as well. And hopefully I'll start doing kind of more in-depth ones once I get better at filming and stuff. It's all kind of, uh, it's hard to wrap your head around all the tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be a bit of a barrier for sure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking to me today. It's been so nice to, to chat with you and to catch up on 
on things and congratulations on the handmaid's tale and how successful it's been and i really hope that um some of the things that you were talking about coming up are going to happen and and soon thank you it's been lovely to talk to you again as always and mm-hmm. thank you so much for having me Thanks for listening to the Creative Dive Podcast. Music is by Psychic Pollution. If you enjoyed listening, please like, share, and subscribe. Catch you next time.